What's up, everyone, and welcome to the Elevate Experience. The podcast about overcoming struggles and adversity and how that relates to addiction, recovery, and health. I am your host and the CEO of Elevate Addiction Services, Angie Manson. And I'm Dallas Terrell, co-host and life intervention counselor at Elevate. Thank you so much for joining us, and let's jump right in. But I think it just took me of just begging and just being like, look, this is getting really bad. Yeah. Like, I, I need to go back to Elevate. Well, and the big difference is you're actually asking for See, help this time. There you go. You know, and that was it for me. Yeah. You know, it was me this time. Yep. You know, but still, all right. So they agree, right, to I do Elevate. I was like, look, I want to do a 30-day review. I want to do it in Watsonville. You know, I know there. I'm comfortable there. Um, that's what I want to do. And even me putting myself into rehab this time, right, I was so high getting up to that point that I had lean. I had Percocet, I had Xanax, you know, and this was during COVID. So what did I do? I'm driving to Elevate with my parents and I'm, you know, drinking cough syrup the whole way up. You know, I'm popping Percocets. I have like six 30s real ones in my wallet and I have like about 20 Xanax bars and 17 Xanax. I mean, I'm eating them all. And I, what I do is, again, I put myself in Elevate. You know, I know where I'm going. I know the people, you know, and I took like 13, 15 Xanax bars and like shoved them into a mask, like made a little like, you know, and tr- and wanting to sneak them in, you know, and then I'm kind of on the way to elevate and I'm thinking, you know, I have these Xanax hidden in a mask to sneak into detox for who knows what yep. it makes no, you know, like why I chose to put myself here, you know, and I'm still trying to cut these corners. Um, yeah. So I bring, have all the Xanax and then I'm kind of thinking like, wait, like I put myself here, but I'm still not really thinking I'm super high. So I'm like nodding out in the car. And then I spill all my lean all over myself in the car. Huh. All the lean goes everywhere. So you should make a song about that. <laughs> <laughs> I spilt my lean. Yeah. <laughs> I spilt it everywhere. And, you know, cough syrup, super, you know, it's super dumb. It's really expensive. <clears throat> you know, it got glorified by rap music again. That's why it's like, well, drugs, but this is expensive. Like, I'm, you know. Right, that's why I was so cool. Cause that's it was why so it was expensive so cool, and like this yeah. coveted, yeah. lucrative drug yeah, that like, not everyone can get unless you're special. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and the, another <laughs> stupid thing that was in my head. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, I'm sipping my lean, spill it all over myself. So what do I do? I'm like, well, you know what? I don't need to sneak these Xanax bars. I open up the mask. I take like 13 of them, all of them. And I'm already drinking all that lean. I've taken like five Percocets and then I get up to do my intake. And you all know, this is on an empty stomach because you can't the, eat food. I can't eat all this on an empty stomach. So I, I do my, I get up on my intake and I remember as faded as I am, I can't even move, walk, you know, like it's bad shape. I needed help with by like two, three people up the stairs. And what I did remember was like, wait, I have one last Percocet in my wallet. So I, you know, somehow the manipulative conniving Keon comes out. I somehow get my wallet. You know, I'm like, I need something from it. Grab it, boom, chew it right in front of there in the conference room. And then at that point, like, I I don't really remember what happened, but I I had to go to the hospital. You know, yeah. like, I, yeah, I, we had to take yeah, you to the ER. I had to go to the ER. I overdosed. You know, I, I overdosed that day. And that was the second time I overdosed. And I think that, you know, kind of when I came to, you know, just being in detox and kind of getting out, I was thinking, like, I think that's when it started to change. You know, the gears started to turn in my head of, like, what I'm doing is not right. You know, I was like, look, like I could have died that day. You know, it's when I use drugs, I'm not thinking, you know, I just wanted to get more high. And the person that I become when I'm on drugs, I'm scared of, you know, I don't trust that person. I don't like that person. And I think for me, like my whole life, this is getting into why I work here and why I enjoy working here so much. It's 
my whole life I always felt like I was doing something to please somebody else. Um, you know, with the <clears throat> going to school, um, having tutors, I was just doing it to make my parents happy, you know, and even with the music, you know, like I, I did it cause I liked it in the beginning, but again, I was doing it because it brought me out of those, you know, insecurities like I was yeah. talking about, you know, it, it people me, liked you, you got more. positive yeah. attention. Exactly. Yeah. People liked me more. So I was like, you know, I'm doing it for them. And the, the big part of me that was scared about giving up the whole music thing was I'm like, well, if I give up the music, people are going to see I had this many fall and they're just going to be like, oh, it was it was fake the whole time. You know, he he couldn't do it. You know, I cared so much about what people think. Yep. You know, for sure. Yep. Cared so much. Well, they made you who you were. They made me. Right? Who, without know? them, without the music. Exactly. Who was Keon? Exactly. He, he didn't know who he was. Exactly. You know, and uh, so. Yeah, I even so with the music, I felt like I was doing it for somebody else, you know, and then when I got to elevate, I was thinking I was like, look, like. I have no education. I have no music career. I don't even have myself. Like, I I don't want to be stuck in this. You know, I don't want to keep doing this anymore. You know, and then, again, never, I've never worked a job in my life. Never, ever. Never had a job. Didn't even know how to do laundry until I got to Elevate the first time. That's just me being 100% honest. Like, yeah. I didn't know anything. I had everyone do everything for me. Um, Super spoiled. And then I thought that I was some big time person when I was a nobody at the end of the day, you know, and I was in my group and I told Kai, one of the counselors there, I was like, look, Kai, he was my mentor, my first program when I came in, mm. you know, we were clients together. I was like, Kai, like, look, this happened. I'm thinking like, I thinking I want to train here. You know, I want to go through the training. And he was like, you know what? I was going to bring that up to you. You know, I think that'd be awesome. But right now just get your program done. Don't think about that. And then more time came on and I really, Elevate for me was something special, you know, like I saw Dallas, you know, like I I started doing CrossFit this time. Yeah, you did. You know, like you helped me get in there. And I was looking around at again with Dallas, you know, I I just want to mean like this is me being 100% honest and sincere. Like you really did help me with my own sobriety of being able to become who I am today cuz the first time I was like, look, like look at my followers, like look at who I am and you literally told me in your office you're like, dude, like that's all right, but I I don't care. I I don't care. <laughs> You know, and it's like, I, that was, I was like, well, screw this guy. Like, who does he think he's talking to? You know, but. <laughs> who does he think he's talking to? You know, but to? now I figured it out. Like, when I'm at Elevate, you know, like, I'm allowed, I'm able to be myself. You know, and again, like, me, my personality now, I like to be liked. You know, I like to have fun with people. I like people to like me. I like to entertain. You know, that's just me who I am always. You know, and when I came to Elevate, like, the second time, like, I was able to be who I am. Like, these people don't like Big Keon. They don't like. They didn't. They could care less about you know the yep. events that I could get them into. They could care less about the clothes that I'm wearing. You know they don't care about that. They just care about helping me. And you know they're like, okay, well we're happy you're back. And that was that was the pivotal changing point in my life. I was like, look, like these people here, my whole life I've been people pleasing, impressing, you know, trying to get people to like me, being in situations that I don't even want to be in. So I'm getting so high so that I can just forget that I'm at a you know dumb nightclub for a birthday party of some rich kids that I don't even care about, you know, that they just paid to get some artist that's on a list, you know, yeah. to come. And they're like, all right, who's the cheapest one? Him. All right, cool. <laughs> you know, like, no, that's just facts, you know? So that's, that was the life, you know? And it's like, I knew I wasn't going to be great. You know, I knew I wasn't going to be Drake, you know? And 
that hurt me even more. So yeah. again, I came to elevate. I was able to be who I am. Like these people know me just for me. They know me for Keon. They and don't. that was okay. That was okay. And that was okay. And and we hear that a lot too. It's like the first time people can relax because for the first time, somebody doesn't want something from them yes. and they don't have to provide something to somebody exactly. else. It's like you can actually just be genuine. I can just be. Yeah. You know, and that was super cool to me. And again, so like I said, um, I'm going through the training. I become well. Let's just back okay, up a bit okay. because, you know, we don't hire everybody into the trainee uh -huh. program based off if they're a good core value fit, a culture fit, if we think they can make it. For and sure. I remember your application coming across, and I had heard <laughs> horror stories about your first program about how abusive you were to our our, to our different staff. And I was like, wait, what? Yeah. This guy wants to be a trainee now? I don't know about that. And and there was uh, there was a lot of people in your corner saying, no, 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 it's totally different this time. Like this is like a totally different guy. Yeah. And it wasn't that big of a time period no. between your two programs. No. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate you saying that because I think you're right. My first program, all I was focused on was leaving. Yep. That's it. Leave. Get out. You know, but my, my second program, after kind of realizing it, you know, again, like school music, I thought I was doing something for someone else. You know, this second time I brought myself to treatment, you know, it was my decision to come. Yeah. Well, it was my decision to start training. You know, this is something no one told me to do it. My parents didn't tell me to do it. So I was focused on staying, not focused on leaving, you know, and I think that was the big change for me. And then you know, with that, you're right. Yeah, I didn't think, I didn't know if I was going to get accepted or not because I was like, dude, I was a jerk the first time, <laughs> you know, but I made it really known that I was different, you know, and again, I think that going through that first time wouldn't have put me in the mindset that I was able to be in for the second time, Yep. you know, so I did have to go through that, you know, I had to go through all that and again, um, yeah, I, I, you know, I went, got lucky, I, you know, i I did the work, you know, I ran a good program. I didn't even get a conduct violation, my second program, which yeah. is, I was on four work projects last time. Yeah. I was almost gonna get kicked out, suspended, I remember. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I, this time I just put my head down, didn't get involved in that stuff, because I was like, dude, I'm so done. And I know that I have a story that I can share. I know that at heart, I'm a good person. You know, and then what we were talking about earlier, right, I have, I have a sister who, you know, she had Crohn's disease, hmm. and she, did like modeling and she you know used a lot of cocaine but then was prescribed Percocet to deal with her stomach issues so she died from a drug overdose you mm. know and that hurt my family super I was like 12 years old you know yeah. that like tore my family apart and then you know again fast forward a little bit and just a little I'll tell this story like my my family's super close you know like I really close you know again Iranian Persian we all were there for each other mm -hmm. you know, we love each other I have I have five nephews, um, two are older than I am, two are younger, and then the one that I'm talking about now has passed away, but the one, you know, that my nephew that passed away, Nick, he was like my best friend. You know, he really was. Again, when I was overweight, when I was making music, it, he always wanted to be with me. You know, he loved me, you know, and I loved him. He, he looked up to me. You know, he was like, wow, like, my yeah. uncle's a cool guy. You mm -hmm. know, like, look at what he's done. You know, like, I'd bring him to the events that I could, you know, and I'd, um, he lived with me for a little bit. He lived at our parents' house because his parents are divorced. So he was, you know, really um, having a tough time with that. So he came and lived with me um, at our house. And, um, you know, it, me and him were super close. Like, that was my, like, little, little brother. And, uh, you know, I 
I introduced him, like, not introduced, I mean, he was using drugs here and there, like, he'd smoke weed with his friends, um, I think he was, I was, like, 22, 23 at the time, he was 19, 18, and, you know, he'd smoke weed with his friends, you know, and they all knew that, he'd, and his kind of thing was that, you know, like, I would, his thing was that he was always changing schools, because his parents were divorced, so he always had to get a new group of friends, so the way that he would kind of get friends, like, how I was saying in the beginning, thing, I was like, yeah. look, I'm a rapper, like, you know, he's like, oh, look at who my uncle is. Look at who he knows. And they'd be like, well, that's cool. You know, that's cool. And that's, you know, that's pretty depressing. You know, it's hard. Yeah. You know, and it's like he, I helped him gain his friends, you know, and that's what he really looked up to me. So, like, they they wanted to do the lean. You know, they wanted to do the Xanax, you know, and he was in a round of a super kids that aren't, inf you know, they, they weren't good influence. I was the worst influence to him. Yeah. But these kids didn't help. You know, they... They were all about the cool clothes. They wanted to sell drugs. You know, they wanted to make money. And, you know, they wanted to do Xanax. They wanted to do lean. And, again, like, I I was doing it myself, so I'm not going to go tell him not to. Right. And I wasn't telling him not to. I was like, all right, well, if you're going to do it here, here's at least some real stuff. Don't take no fake stuff, um, which is really messed up. You know, that's not cool. But the way that he did overdoses, you know, I, we were – we were both in Los Angeles. Um, I was in L.A. He was in Santa Barbara. He went to school in Santa Barbara. It was his birthday, and I was in a. I was supposed to go hang out with him for his birthday, but instead I was in Malibu at a party with some girls. You know, and I'm thinking that I was, you know, the shit. The shit, exactly. <laughs> um, I thought I was super cool. I was like, yeah, look where I am. So instead, I'm like, yo, like, I can't come tonight. I'm, I'm at a party. Or not? I didn't. I did not tell him the truth. I said I'm working. I'm in the studio, which is not mm. better, you know. So I lied. Tell him I'm like, look, I can't come tonight. So then, you know, I super high. Wake up the next morning, um, and yeah, you know, yeah. I wake up the next morning, and I'm getting a call on my phone, of you know, because my phone had just died. So I'm getting like the, um, like the phone, just the phone number. So I don't know who it is. And someone crying. I'm like, yo, who is this? Like, why are you bothering my phone? She's like, yo, it's. <laughs> Jennifer. I'm like, who's Jennifer? I don't know a Jennifer. I don't, I mean, I'm like, who's this girl? <laughs> you know, and she's like, look, Jennifer, like Nick. And then she's like, I'm like, oh no, like what happened? So she explains to me, you know, that he overdosed and died. You know, they, again, they thought that they were taking Xanax. Apparently they had like three or four pills. She took one of them, you know, like where's she took one of them and he took two and then he overdosed and died. And it was really what it was, was fentanyl. Ugh. You know, so yep. he he died from fentanyl. And then, again, the reason why I tell that story is just because the main reason why I chose, like I was saying earlier, I chose to stay here, train here, work here. It's like, again, even with my music and everything, I lost everything, couldn't do it. Like, my one of my main addictions, too, was money. You know, I always figured it out. You know, I have good stocks, you know. So, again, like, I, I have money. You know, I, I had that. You know, and it, people don't understand, like, you know, when I do tell my story to clients, it's not to be like, dude, look at me, you know, look at, look at me. Like I'm this, that, you know, like that, that's not it, you know, cause people will come in and they'll tell me like, look, I want to get rich. I want to get famous. I want, and it's like, dude, like that's cool. You know, that's fine. But like this stuff, like sobriety, like having a good life, like you can't buy that, you know, like you, you really can't buy that, you know, like, and that's the main thing that I love working here and love staying here and I can see myself working here for years. You know, I have no plan of leaving and that's just, I, you know, I love it here and it helped me make a living amends for that stuff that I've done in my life. You know, the drug dealing, 
the drug influencing like yeah. you know like showing like social media like I think when Carolyn was doing my interview with me she said what do you think is wrong with our world and I told her I think social media because people look at social media they look at people like me you know they look at the little babies the gunners all these people will they have the Ferraris the Corvettes the million dollars worth of jewelry they have all the girls they have everything yeah. they they're throwing you know stacks of cash you know and they're like oh look at this like well that's what I want you know and they're listening you know little kids are listening to this like me I was a victim of this you know I'm looking at this like well I want what he has and what's he rapping about well he's rapping about taking 20 Percocets so I'm gonna go take 20 Percocets but little do they know that this guy is not doing that you know he's not taking 20 Percocets he's just rapping about it and then someone's gonna go do that and they're gonna die right you know yep that's not cool yeah you know people always ask me like Oh, you can get back into music. You can do it. I'm like, dude, nah. Like, it's so fake. You know, it's not cool. It's like, you see, it's all money just going into these people. You know, like, this here, this community here, I think, again, I I haven't been to other treatment centers. um, But what I see is people always ask me, like, I think Dan was showing somebody around, and he asked me one day, you know, what what do you, have you been to other treatment centers? I said, no. And he was like, I was working in detox as a tech at this time. We were just showing somebody around. And he said, what what makes Elevate different for you? I was like, well, for me, it's just the community. You know, like, again, I think you can go to treatment centers, right? And they'll have a program. They'll have a this, you know, they'll it's kind of similar, right? Um, they'll get you through it. But for me, what, what changed was well, all the staff, everybody here, like, we all honestly don't need to be here, I think. We, we all want to be here. You know, like everybody who's, you know, when I'm sitting in the pro, you know, sitting in the cabin, you know, and some clients yelling, going through it, saying, I don't want to be here. It sucks. It's like, dude, I understand. I was the same way. I was 10 times worse than you. It's like I sat right in that place. That's reassuring, yep. you know, to know that that person that's helping you get through your detox has gone through it themselves. Twice. Twice. <laughs> yeah. Twice. Yeah. Yeah. I often talk about on podcasts that I used to think, and it's because people made us feel like it was wrong to have a rehab run by a bunch of ex-addicts. But what I've realized it was many years ago, but that's our biggest strength yeah. because we know how to, we know what the person's going through. We know how not to get fooled by the person, but we also know how to hold them accountable and not buy into the victim-y, oh, you're right kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Like we know you yeah. can't fool us. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I think, again, for me, like starting here, working here, like my life, even when I was making music, I, I had no, no purpose zero purpose you know I, I thought I had a purpose mm-hmm. you know I thought you know what I was doing like a was, surface level purpose. yeah I had a surface right. level yeah. purpose but then I think also when I started working here and just seeing that again like I like to entertain I like to be there for people you know like they're you know like if I wanted to I could maybe sit on my phone on the desk all day and just kind of get through the day you know but for me that's torture yeah you know I like interacting with people yeah I like talking to people you know and I think that just hearing the feedback that I get, you know, from other, you know, my boss, people that the clients when they're at graduation, you know, and people calling me and just being like, look, like if it wasn't for you, I wouldn't have stayed in detox and you saved my life. You know, like that was something that I'd never experienced before, you know, and like, again, I first, you know, I selfishness, selflessness, you know, first I'm helping myself, right. By staying here, working here, right. I have my, my ultimate, well, how am I going to stay sober? Well, if I'm working in a rehab in addiction with addicts every day, that's going to help me stay sober. But in doing that, in me being selfish in my own recovery, I'm able to be there for other people. You know, I'm able to help them get through their recovery, you know, and that's why when people get 
you know, frustrated, angry. I just, I'm like, look, like, again, like, I get what you're feeling. You know, it's not, you're not angry with me. You're not, you're not going to make me feel any type of way. You know, it's like, again, like there was somebody like, oh, you don't really want to be here. You can't do it. And it's like, look, like, I, I don't need to be, you know, like, I, I genuinely care about this place. You know, this place helped save my life, you know, and like the thing that I can do to, you know, make amends again to the past balls and negative stuff that I've done is to stay here and help other people get through it, you know, and just seeing, just seeing the effect that I do have there, you know, again, like it, it makes me really happy, you know, with, you know, people that I work with or, you know, the clients, like I, I really see that I do have a positive effect there and I, it's really helped me, you know, and I, again, I enjoy it every day. Like I started working out now every day a lot. Every you know, almost, day. Almost too much. He's yeah. for sure has addictive tendencies yeah. <laughs> still. Yeah. Hey, if you're going to have an addiction, that's a good one. Yeah. I, I always say, you know, and like True. that's, and that's a new thing. I know it's a new thing for me, but again, like that's a new thing that I'm, I'm really happy about. Yeah. You know, like dude. that's cool. You know, well, like, you get that same kind of good feeling, yeah. but by doing the work. Yeah. And I'm seeing changes in my body, you know, nice. like again, I'm still, I'm still, you know, pretty skinny, but like, before I don't look unhealthy. I think when I came in, because I had lost a lot of weight, and I told Cass, I was like, Cassidy, like, do I look like I've lost weight? And she's like, Well, you don't look like you lost weight, but you look unhealthy. I was like, You're right. So that's a yes. Yeah, yeah. So that's a yes. But now it's like, now I look at myself, like I have color, you know, I have some muscle, you know, like I, I look healthy now. Yeah. I feel healthy. Like I can go out now, and I ran like three miles the other day. Wow. Feeling fine, you know, and like that's cool to me, you know, and like even. The stuff like today, like what am I looking forward to today? It's like I'm looking forward to going to work. I'm looking forward to doing CrossFit tonight. Like that's but that's like a new thing for me. Again, that that brings me happiness. And that was another one of my choices, you know. Yeah. And if I put too many things on my plate at once, it's not going to work, you know. So I know that once I got it, you know, pretty comfortable, I'm not comfortable. You know, I'm still super cautious with my sobriety. Like I don't want to jeopardize it anyway, you know. So. I got a little bit comfortable and I was like, all right, well now I can add something else to my plate. You know, I'm going to start working out. Yeah. And then that's just helping my sobriety get better, you know, cause it gives me something to do. It gives me something to work out. You know, like I, like when I go home on my day off, I'll just stay at the gym for three, four hours. I'll swim, I'll play sports, and, you know, lift, run. Nice. And it's just, it's healthy things, you know? And it's like, it's a, it's a different lifestyle. You know, like I, I was just living a super, super fake artificial lifestyle that I thought was cool. But now that, you know, again, I still listen to the music I listen to, right? I still dress the way I dress. You know, I don't need to change everything, you know, but I just, I know that, you know, when I look at those people, I'm like, wow, like that person's not really happy because I had, I wasn't really happy, you know, but now genuinely, like I, every day I have a good day, you know, I have sleep, I have fun, like, you know, just being here, being in this community has really been life changing for me. And like you said, the first time, like when you're in, you know, recovery, trying to be in recovery, you need to make big changes in your life. You know, you need to make 180 degree turns. You know, you need to make huge changes. Well, for me, this second time I, I made the change. I was like, well, I'm not going to associate with anybody. Yeah. I'm going to do something totally different. You know, and that's the biggest change and the best change that I could have done for myself. Absolutely. Well, and I think it's hard when you're younger because, you know, you're like my whole life and yeah. all these people and it, it's, it feels like a heavy burden to do yeah. that kind of stuff. But man, once you make that decision, yeah. it frees you up a lot. For sure. I think one way I get through is just like, all right, maybe not my whole life, you know, but it's like right now. Yeah. You know, like we teach present moments and again with people, 
like, all right, you know, whatever you're, you're an alcoholic, you're a drug addict, whatever it is, like that got you here, but we're all addicts at the end of the day. We, what we did doesn't define who we are. That's right. Yeah. I mean, dude, I think the coolest thing, like the big things that I hear are like happiness, real, authentic, you know, like the choices you're making today are the ones that you choose to make. So it comes from a place of like, this is who I really am. This place, at, like at Elevate, you learned that like being you is totally okay. But then you also learned like who you really are, you know, and like who you really are is someone that can still wear the clothes that you wear and still be entertaining and still like the music that you like. But all of that stuff, you at least checked in with yourself and said like, hey, is this who I still am? Yeah. Like, do I want to be this person? Yeah. Do I like who this person is? Is this me? And all of that feels so much better. Like, there's no outside influence telling you who to be, how to act, where to be, any of that. No. Nope. So it's like, you know, another thing you said, too, with, like, the fitness stuff was, <clears throat> like, I'm not totally – sorry, someone's trying to sign into my Apple ID, dude. Not today, folks. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. Anyways, Hacker 2.0. Hacker 2.0, dude. Yeah. Anyways, but with the fitness stuff, right, you were saying, like, you know, I'm still a little bit skinnier. I'm not where I want to be. Yeah. But what you're doing, you're doing things every day that a healthy person sure. does. So regardless of what in your mind a healthy person looks like, you have everything that a healthy person feels like. You know what I mean? Yeah. And that's, like, just that's just as helpful. That feels just as good. Like, the, the idea of moving towards progress feels just as good as achieving the result. Well, for sure. Like, if it happened right away, it would be no fun. No. Like, when you hit your goal weight, right, say it's 180. Yeah. What is that really going to feel like? Yeah. It'll feel good in that short moment. Yeah. You'll be like, dude, I made it. That's but cool. knowing that I did the work to get there and, like, doing the work to get there, it's like, yeah, oh, that's cool. And so, so that's, that's the cool part is, yeah. like, you are chipping away at getting to where you want to be. Yeah. And you're learning that you can do it. And you're showing yourself that. Mm-hmm. And you're proving it to yourself. And I just think that's awesome. You know, I think those like, you know, like uh, not missing the moment, enjoying who you are, liking who you are, figuring out who you are and not destroying your life along the way. Dude, like that's what we're all doing. That's mm-hmm. the goal. Right. Try to have a good life. You know, try to not ruin it. Yeah. Try to enjoy who you are and in, in the things that you get to do every day and don't miss it. Yeah. You're not missing it anymore. Or like know? stop. What I say about it is like <coughs> stop. Stop taking life for granted. Yeah. You know, like there's there's so many people that that didn't get the opportunity to survive an overdose, you right. know, to not be locked up. You know, like there's there's people that would probably kill to be in the position that a lot of us are in today, you know, that wish that they were in rehab and wish that they could work on themselves, you know, and it's like I don't want to take my life for granted no more. You know, like I mm-hmm. you know, I my nephew, you know, he he deserves to be here way more than I do. He's, he was a much better person. You know, he didn't go through, mm. he didn't do any of the negative stuff that I did, but he did die, you know? So it's like, all right, well, if someone good like that died, you know, at least I can do what I can at this point moving forward to do the right thing, you know? That's right. And you're not taking it for granted. No. Man, that's that's a hard one. No. 
I think I what I like what I heard from you is the balance. You know, we we focus on the wheel of life mm-hmm. in Elevate because we know it's not just about you. There's mm-hmm. all these different facets. And I like how you said, you know, once you felt like your sobriety is always number one yeah. for you. But once you felt like secure in that and maybe a little complacent, you're like, what can I add to not hit that mm-hmm. place? And then you really ramped up your fitness in that yeah. in that open space. And uh you know, I think it's the balance. You know, when we go all in on one area of our life, it tends to create a deficiency in another area. Exactly. And that's that addict behavior that sure. can can crop mm-hmm. up in all of us where we just go all in on a certain area. So I like how you're kind of doing an inventory and not going too much in one direction and keeping that balance there. In fact, you're even uh, taking a couple of days off and spending it with your family. Yeah. First time since you've yeah. you've gotten sober this time, right? Yeah, exactly. First time since, yeah. I. Yeah, I haven't even seen my family haven't. And like, for me, that's super special, you know? And again, like I'm telling everyone, oh, I'm going on vacation. They're like, oh, where are you going? And I'm like, Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's not about that. You know, it's like, I'm able to be with my family. It's like every time that I have been with my family, you know, I, I've i been so high that I was there, but I wasn't there. You right. know, like we'd be somewhere, you know, Hawaii, wherever it is, you know, like they'd be out doing cool stuff and I would just be taking pills trying to not go through withdrawals while drinking at the bar and sitting by the pool, you know, and I wasn't there, you know, and then I'd get kicked out of everywhere we used to go. (laughs) So I wasn't, I was never there, you know, and like my family, they know what I'm doing now. Again, like they all chose to come here and see me. And like, that's super cool to me because my family wrote me off really when, when I started using and doing the music and being involved with, you know, the dangerous people that I was getting myself involved with because I wanted to be cool, you know, like, they didn't want anything to do with me, but now like they look at me like my mom sees me all the time and she just, she can't, she's like, oh my God, you know, and like just seeing that, 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 that I put her through so much. And like now when she looks at me, she can't look at me without crying really in the beginning. You know, it's like, wow, like that's how much pain I did cause them. And they know that I'm okay now so they can finally see, you know? So yeah, that's super cool to me. Being and to think about family. how much joy it brings them now. Yeah. You know, like how, like, the only thing they want is just for is the same thing that you learned how to get right mm-hmm. like you come to elevate and what were the biggest takeaways like learning that being you is okay and loving yeah. yourself and taking care of yourself at the end of the day that's all they've ever even wanted yeah you know for sure so it's it's just like a cool it's a cool takeaway you know yeah. and, and like you said i think social media all that stuff dude like we get lost in what's really important Get lost in the sauce. Get lost in the sauce, dude. And <laughs> we think what other people thinks about us, uh, what other people think about us is far more important than what we think about us. Yeah, it, it doesn't even matter. Like, yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> thinking about what people think about us, like, and half of the time you think someone's thinking about you, they're not even thinking about you. Then hell no, they're, they're thinking, thinking about, about them and yeah. what other people think about them. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's what I think assumptions, dude, out. are gonna it's kill us all. Out. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's where I kind of had to get to with my purple hair. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's like, okay, how many women my age have purple hair? Well, I don't care. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't care what people think. You there know, you I'm go. comfortable. We're in a good spot. It's branding. No, I'm kidding. And I think it looks cool. Thanks, you know, no, I appreciate yeah. that. It's true. I, you know, I love it. I want to break the mold. I want to break the stereotype of what people consider, uh, you know, a CEO woman entrepreneur. It's yeah. like, let's, I don't want to wear a blazer and a button up and have a very conservative haircut and color and mom jeans. I want to be like me. I love that. Yeah, <laughs> I love that. 
but again, that's being, you know, uh, in, in recovery for a long time, comfortable with where you're at, comfortable with what you could do. And we try to, yeah. you know, allow our staff that freedom as well to a degree while still maintaining yeah. our professionalism. Yeah. Because I think it relates well to people we're helping. They for don't sure. see us all standing around in our lab coats and diagnosing. They for see sure. us as people that are like them. Yeah. You know, in the beginning when I was first, like, getting on about my dress code was really not the best, you know, like. Even, but then I got it together a little bit. Like now, I still have my, you know, style, and it, I guess, it, it fits, right? Totally fits. All right, cool. See, yeah, it, it's it, a button-up shirt. You're it, in. It, it works. Angie says it's good. We're good. <laughs> um, but yeah, like I mean, clients are like, dude, like I couldn't imagine you dressing like, you know, maybe someone else, like that. You know, like it. Yeah. This looks real. You know, I'm able to relate with you. You know, and I think that that's that's cool because again, like we're still us. You know, like with your purple hair, like I relate to that 100. percent Like I got my gold teeth. Like. <laughs> I'm not, not going to get them I'm not going to get them taken out until I have to. You know, and these are permanent. They're going to stay there until I die. Dang. So, yeah. Yeah, well it's just a cool example of like uh it's okay to be you. Yeah. That's right. what it is. It's okay to have purple hair. It's okay to yeah. have gold teeth. <laughs> It's okay to work out 18 times in one week. Yeah, yeah it's you okay know? for us to have all the tattoos we have yeah. and, you know, yeah, do That's the things another we one. do. You yeah. know, now my parents, the one thing is they're like, please, Keon, don't get more tattoos. And I'm like, well, guys, like, <laughs> they make me happy. You know, I like them. So, but now they, they've learned to love them. They're like, they're looking at my new ones. They're like, wow, that one was good. Oh, you know, nice. So that's cool. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, and we can't ignore the one that's on your neck. No. Um, yeah. And and what, a, what an um, honoring yeah. of your cousin. Yeah. Yeah, this it's the one that means the most to me. So, yeah. For our listeners who who can't see your neck right now, it says, "Rest in peace, R.I.P. Nick," and it has the date of his passing, correct? Yes. And a broken heart. Yes. Yeah, and 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 what a good constant reminder of uh, feeling the gratitude of where you're at today, For sure. and almost an obligation to make your life go right in honor yeah. of him. And then I have this one here with the crosses, and this is my sister's name. Yeah. And these are for people that have passed away in my life that have been close to me. So I got this one for Nick, this one for uh, Mitra, my sister, and then this one for my grandma who died while I was in treatment the second time. So hopefully I won't have to get many added, but whenever someone really important mm -hmm. to me passes away, I'm going to put a cross here, be a little graveyard just to remind myself. Yeah. You know, I look at it all the time. Yeah. Well, you I think know. a big part of what we teach is, you know, being in the moment and being present. Yeah. And, and, and although it's good to remember, it's also a good reminder yeah. to stay present. Exactly. Just I don't I don't want to mess up what I have going for myself now. And again, like I'm far from fixed, you know, I'm far from where I want to be. But I know that every day I'm getting closer to it. Right. You know, and that's super cool. Awesome. So what's um what's your next big goal? Huh? Is it a, a PR? Is it a CrossFit movement? Is it hmm. helping certain many number of clients? Do you I mean, my my next, I think my next goal again, like I haven't, I haven't had a real job. You know, I haven't done something that I'm genuinely. You do now though. I do now. So now I do. You, you know, change that narrative. I didn't. I didn't have something that I'm truly passionate about <clears throat> until you know I come here every day and get to interact, work with clients. So my my next big goal, I think, for myself is, you know, when the time comes, I would like to get into classes. I would like to get my KDAC, you know, and I would like to further on from becoming a tech and try to become a one-on-one -on -one counselor and help counsel people. Because, again, like, I, you know, I'm good at connecting with people, whether they're young or old. You know, I, I'm able to do it. You know, I love getting people into conversations. Yeah. So I just I want to get that. I want to get in class and do it. And I want to become, you know, certified counselor. And I do want to just 
again, like I I want to stay here, you know, like it, and help out here because again, this, if it wasn't if it wasn't for this place, I wouldn't be able to be the person I am. So then I'm gonna help myself by being able to help people find what I've found. I love that. I mean, the whole reason, well, I'm still here today. Yeah. I, I, like you, I had no idea what I wanted to yeah. do when I grew up. Nothing felt right. I knew I wanted to be a mom someday, yeah. but um, when I found the true, how good it makes me feel to help other people and see that change, I realized this is my passion and purpose and there's really nothing else in the world yeah. I'd rather yeah. be doing. And how lucky are we that it aligns with our job? Yeah. You know, a lot of people got to go outside their quote unquote, you know, nine to five job to find some sort of thing that makes them feel good. To we make get, it work. Yeah, to yeah. make it work. We get to have it all in one. So yeah. we're kind of checking a lot of boxes just by doing what we're doing. Exactly. And then throw fitness on yeah. the property uh, into it. One. It's like oh another God. passion. It's like... Yeah, I used to tell people, like, dude, I counsel people for half the day, and then I teach those people how to work out for the rest of the day. Yeah. And I go home at, like, 8 o'clock at night being like, what a sick day that was. Yeah. Like, I just get to do the things that I love and, and, and help the people that I can about things that I'm super passionate about. So I think that's the idea. Like, once you know, that's great. Just accept it and, yeah. and go from there. You know, you don't have to. You don't really have to look any further. Yeah. And another thing, too, Keon, about the, you know, the KDAC and becoming a counselor, I think – a quality that you have is being able to connect with people and being able to bring like enthusiasm into a dark space, yeah. right? Like a lot of people show up to treatment. They don't like themselves. They don't know what they're doing and they sure as shit don't want to hear your advice either. No. Right. So it's like this, like I need help, but I don't want it. And you have to figure out how to navigate that, yeah. you know? So I think what makes a counselor great is their ability to like endure that and the, the ability to bring enthusiasm and show them that it's okay. Cause it's not really what we're saying, you know, it's kind of what we're trying to show them to do. For sure. So I think you have those skills and, and that would be super helpful, you know? And I think that's a great, a great cause to get behind dude. So kudos to you. And, you know, I think you sharing your story is super important. I know it's difficult. Angie's shared hers. I've shared mine numerous times. It's not easy. It's not something that we're essentially proud of, mm -hmm. right? Because we threw our life away. But And we're not, also not accustomed to it because yeah. it's not the modality that we teach where we're just telling our war story. So it's, right. it's something kind of new too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But I mean, that's where like, you know, human beings connect through stories, mm -hmm. you know? So these stories move people and inspire people. We don't know how or when or why, but they do. So just wanted to say kudos to you for sharing it and hopping yeah. on the show, dude. That Thank was you awesome. For me. Dude, absolutely. So w we preface this in the beginning and we might as well end with it. Uh, recently we, we had a documentary done and it showcased you. Yeah. Any takeaways that you felt about during that process and, and what that was like for you? Yeah, I mean, I, I think just the, the main takeaway I think for me was, I mean, I, I agreed generally to do it at first. I was like, well, I, I'm kind of away from that whole like trying to become something and but I asked I was like look is this gonna help people and he was like yes and I think the main takeaway I've gotten from what I've showed to people is just I mean is people don't really see they see like the negative side of addiction but they don't see it from someone that you know kind of looked like they had it all figured out you know and they don't see the, the real negative side of that you know I'm just if I could do anything if, if I could ever get a lot of people to watch something or get a lot of views again or get it was just to be to really paint the real picture of what is happening in celebrity lives you know with quote you know again I was no celebrity but just to see like what really goes on what really yeah. takes place you know like how 
you know, they don't show you, they just show you the night at the club. They don't show you the morning when they're throwing into a bucket, you know, like they don't, that doesn't happen. They don't show you when you're in the doctor's office faking cough to get cough syrup, you know, they don't show you all that, right. you know? So I would just, again, with that is I just hope that it gets somewhere where people can see that with a life that people kind of want so much and get influenced by so easily and, you know, think that that's cool like that. That's not cool. You know, it's not cool. Yeah. It's, it's, it's not glamorous. No, it's not glamorous. <laughs> it's not. Yeah. You know, being able to, you know, do CrossFit while you're taking a break at work is glamorous. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I is. love that. <laughs> you know, and like that, it's like the little things. It's, it's cool. You know, and that's, yeah. Like, I, I just look forward to like the little things now. And I know it sounds corny or dumb, but like, that's just as honest. Like, you know, a haircut, getting lunch. Like, it, it doesn't have to be some grand, like, Grammys. Like, I don't, like, yeah. Just, that's out, you know. Yeah. yeah, well, it's like you, you know, it's like don't miss what's happening right now. No, because it doesn't suck. No, you know. I think that's what propelled me to stay sober. Was like, dude, daily life is sick. Like, I love the life that I'm living. Why would I ever change it? Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong, you know. Mm-hmm. I just kept missing it, but. Yeah, well, I, and you hear in the entrepreneur world, money can't buy happiness. Money no. can't buy happiness. So you could have all the money and things in the world, but it doesn't buy you happiness. Yeah. It's doing or connections. The work. It's doing the little things. It's the real connections where people like you for who you are, not because of what you have exactly. or who you are. Um, that's that's the goods. That's and the a lot of people search sauce. their whole life for that, and they're not fortunate enough to find it like we've all been. Yeah. Yeah, or they figure it out way too late. They figure it out in their 60s, you know, yeah. like – how many clients have we had that come in at 60 and they're like, dude, like I'm just now realizing what Keon got to realize at 23, <laughs> you know, imagine spending another 40 years down that road. If you would have even made it, I would definitely not make it. I wouldn't I would, have either, dude. Yeah, I would hundred percent have not made it. Yeah. And I always said too, dude, if I had money as a drug addict, I'd be dead for sure. I would have been dead by now, you yeah. know? Um, but I'd be, I'd be in prison. For sure. Yeah, yeah. But you'd have money. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> a lot of honey buns. After you pay the lawyers. Yeah. <laughs> but, dude, to that documentary, I think the coolest thing about that is, like, it's authentic and it's real. You know, there's a lot of stuff out there that tries to paint a picture of, you know, what rehab is or what recovery is or what addiction looks like. And the answer is there isn't one path. There isn't one story. There isn't one way to promote it. So I think – you being, you know, if you were half as authentic as you were in this podcast, in that documentary, it's going to land, dude. It's going to, it's going to be seen to a lot of people and it's going to be a lot, very helpful. Yeah. You know, I think the biggest thing I would say is, you know, just keep focusing on you. For sure. You know what I mean? You're not like the poster board of recovery or sobriety no. or anything like that. And not at all. We can't let that get into our head. No. You know, it's like, we're going to keep doing what we're doing because it's working. Yeah. And I know you will. Yeah. I see you all the time. Nine in the morning. <laughs> and I'll see you tonight at the gym. Yeah. I'll see both of you guys coaching. in the gym. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Thursdays are the best. Yeah. Thursdays, baby. Let's do it. Got some running in there. Yeah. Stretch you out. Gotta and... love it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Keon, dude, thank you so much, man. What a powerful testimonial, man. And, you know, we're stoked to have you on the team. You're a perfect fit. You're a good dude. And I'm glad that you're learning to love yourself because that's all that matters. Thank you. Yeah, thank same. You. All right, guys, that's our show for today. We hope you found some value from listening. And if you did, please share with someone you know or love. You can find us on social media. We are at Elevate Addiction Services. And if you or a loved one are struggling with addiction, please call our toll-free confidential 24-hour helpline at 833-33-SOBER or visit our website at elevaterehab.org. 